I would suggest that to speak of a city that joins these two sites together is to speak of a joining of God with the people of Israel. It is to say that in Jerusalem, the marriage between God and Israel achieves its fullest expression. And it is in Jerusalem that the love of God for Israel is most profoundly experienced. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 226, The Songs of Ascent and the Joy of Jerusalem. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. In her memoir, Professor Ruth Weiss describes how once, in the 1970s, after attending a wedding in Tel Aviv, she had a conversation with a Yiddish writer about Jerusalem. Professor Weiss writes, quote, Unable to stay over in Tel Aviv, I had arranged for a ride back to Jerusalem and was joined by the Yiddish writer Leib Rochman, who was also returning that night. On our way, I said how glad I was for his company and his decision not to stay the night with the others who had arrived with us earlier. Oh, he explained, since arriving in Israel in 1950, I have never spent a night away from Jerusalem. I am her jealous husband. No matter how late, I make sure to return to her before dawn. Reflects Professor Weiss further, it took me a moment to realize that he was speaking not of his wife, but of the city, end quote. So Professor Weiss tells us, in my recorded conversation with Professor Weiss about her memoir, which we have sent to you and from which I learned so much, we have a longer discussion about the religious significance of what Rochman said. But for now, let us describe who Leib Rochman was. And here we will quote a man who lived near Rochman in Jerusalem, the great Talmudist Rabbi Aaron Lichtenstein. Citing Rochman's memoir, B'damayich Chayi, By Your Blood You Shall Live, Rabbi Lichtenstein writes, quote, I have often recounted the story of my neighbor, Rabbi Leib Rochman, who was in his 20s during the Holocaust. He grew up in a religious home, but abandoned observance before the Holocaust. In his book, B'damayich Chayi, he described how he hid from the Nazis in a pile of straw. In his hiding place, it was difficult to maintain any sense of time. Nevertheless, one afternoon he realized it was Shabbat, and he recalled the town in which he had lived, the synagogue and the third meal on Shabbat afternoon, the singing and the special atmosphere. He asked himself, who is now in that town singing? The answer was, no one. They had all been murdered and he was the only remnant of the town left in the whole world. At that moment, he decided that what the enemy had annihilated, he would nurture and develop, and he returned to the religious life that he had abandoned. End quote. This was Leib Rochman. This was the man who, as he told Professor Weiss, was a jealous husband of Jerusalem, a man whose memories of the horrors of the past enhanced, as we shall see, the preciousness of having Jerusalem return to the Jewish people in the present. And, It is Leib Rochman's love for Jerusalem that will provide us a lens with which to appreciate a psalm describing the ancient and eternal Jewish love for Jerusalem. We now start studying 15 psalms that each begin Shir HaMa'alot, a phrase that can be rendered a song of degrees or, as I prefer, a song of ascents. The phrase's meaning is mysterious. Perhaps it refers to the fact that these psalms were sung by pilgrims as they ascended to the temple during the holidays or, as Rashi writes, because they were sung by the Levites that stood on the steps overlooking the temple courtyard. Many of these psalms are about Jerusalem and the temple, and today we study one of the most famous. This is Psalm 122, a song of ascents. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. 
Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. The psalm thus describes the tribes of Israel ascending to the temple. And perhaps most fascinating among these verses is Jerusalem is a city built as one that is compact together. A more literal rendering of the Hebrew, Ke'ir Shechubrala Yachdav, might be a city whose parts are joined together. What does this mean? In what way is Jerusalem a city of parts that are joined? One possibility is an explanation that we have offered before, that Jerusalem is made up of a unique symbiosis of geography, history, and theology, because in Joshua's division of Israelite territory, this city was shared by the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, serving thereby, perhaps, as an eternal reminder of the Joseph story, when Judah in Egypt, in a great act of repentance, and change willingly offered his life on behalf of his brother Benjamin in the presence of the vizier of Egypt. Thus, as we have suggested, Judah's sacrifice for Benjamin, the familial loyalty at the heart of Judaism, becomes forever embodied in Jerusalem. According to this understanding, the phrase, a city whose parts are joined together, would refer to the joining of Judah and Benjamin. But there is another possibility, one noted, I believe, by Rabbi Yitzchak Levi. We first meet Jerusalem as the Jebusite city Shalem, the city conquered by David, and made capital of Israel. But beyond Shalem, a bit higher up, is the summit of Mount Moriah, where the binding of Isaac took place, where David built an altar, where the temple was ultimately built. That is the site where God reveals himself to all Israel. And that ultimately is the most important part of what becomes known as Yerushalayim, Jerusalem. Indeed, for the rabbis, the very name Yerushalayim reflects a combination of Shalem, the political entity conquered by David, and Yirah, which means awe, reverence, referring to the Temple Mount, the dwelling place of the divine. I would suggest that to speak of a city that joins these two sites together is to speak of a joining of God with the people of Israel. It is to say that in Jerusalem, the marriage between God and Israel achieves its fullest expression, and it is in Jerusalem that the love of God for Israel is most profoundly experienced. Thus, as we study today's psalm, which describes the ascent of Israel to Jerusalem and to the Temple, we ought to attempt to get some sense of the excitement that our ancestors must have felt. It is appropriate, therefore, that we take the time to read Leib Rochman, a writer not well known today. In an essay translated from the Yiddish by the Jerusalem Post, Leib Rochman describes how in 1967, when the old city was liberated a week before the holiday of Shavuot, he felt he had to prepare himself before his reunion with ancient Jerusalem could take place, and so he waited till Shavuot itself to visit. Here are some passages from what Rochman wrote. Quote, the stone draws our bodies. What stops us from letting ourselves go? We patiently wait, a sweet, terrible waiting. Let us not rush. Let us prepare. In all my years in Jerusalem, when I would wander about the city wall from our side, I would feel that it has to be this way, perhaps forever. The longing within us must never cease. It is good that something always remains from afar that we cannot attain. But now everything is open. Over the walls of the city wander its guardians. They stand above it day and night. We squeeze our eyes shut even more strongly. We want the dream of all generations to continue within ourselves. Rochman then tells us, The entire night of Shavuot, Jerusalem was tense. It was hard to sleep. In the houses, light burned the entire night. Even children in their cribs and the elders in their beds could not fall asleep. Mothers remained clothed in their dresses and slippers. Girls didn't undo their hair. The synagogues and schools were overflowing. People felt that this is a night of guarding and waiting. The night will quickly become day. Before the doors of the synagogues, young people and children constantly ran out looking. 
in my house also, we did not rest. We had set the alarm for four in the morning to be among the first to set off for the western wall. The children kept waking and looking at the clock face on the wall. At half past three, we could no longer stay home. Outside, the sky was growing blue. We washed our faces and eyes and we all went out. We began walking. Outside, it suddenly became bright. A fresh light embraced the city high and broad. Everything was clear and transparent. It appeared that the heavens today would not come down there beyond the horizon. We would rise up to them. In the pre-day light, we walked. From the courts and side streets, people came forth, entire families. It seemed that if we hurried, we would be among the first. Our children pulled us by the hand. As far as the eye could see, people were pouring forth. Rochman continues. Suddenly, we found ourselves at the road that dips toward the east, toward Mount Zion. To this point, multitudes of Jews were streaming from all directions. The roads wound in circles, one over the other, like broad stripes upon the mountain. Wherever the eye could see, there were multitudes of Jews climbing the roads before us and after us. No one hurried, old and young, women and men, children and elderly, Israeli residents and Jews of other countries. We wanted the road to continue and continue. The Jerusalem dawn shone on us mildly from the mountains. It grew lighter. In the expanded light from the east, we saw the mountains of Moab shimmering in their silver fog. No one spoke. The children asked no questions. We walked with drunken feet and drunken bodies, drunk from purity, end quote. Rochman then merges the experience of the singing of psalms, of the songs of the temple, with his own age, writing further, quote, We looked up at the walls of the old city. Our soldiers with helmets on their heads stood there, and in the dawn breeze, blue-white flags fluttered. We saw soldiers with prayer shawls on their shoulders, and over their shoulders, rifle barrels. It seemed that these were no longer soldiers on the walls of Jerusalem, but the Levites on their watch, carrying the keys and that at any moment they would burst into the song of the day. We looked and were no longer amazed. We would not even wonder if we now saw with our own eyes the dead rise from the graves. The sound of our feet was a wave of song bursting forth. Everyone walked calmly, not hurrying. Jews from all Jerusalem synagogues and schools carrying Torah scrolls. End quote. Rochman then describes walking with his daughter into Jerusalem and remembering the horrors of the past. He reflects on the present. Quote, at that moment, I feel a great joy of reward spread within me. I, the Jewish child of the Holocaust, merited to be here at the renewal. Now perhaps I need nothing else. I would like to run to the mass graves of those who are close to me, to tear at them, wake them, and shout out the good news. I myself have seen all this. I am a witness. I am carried between the two, the Jewish Holocaust and the renewal here and now. Someone again sings out, Happy are we that we have merited this. I am filled with feeling. I shut my eyes. At that moment, we pass through the dung gate. We are on the other side of the wall, inside the old city. We all begin walking reverently. Stillness prevails. The walls and houses rise high above us. We are low between them. Nearby, over the roofs, hover the foreign domes. We already feel the atmosphere of the western wall. Our speech is taken from us. We do not yet see it, but we know that it is here. End quote. Rochman arrives at the Western Wall. His hands cover his eyes, and he concludes, quote, We take in ourselves the roar of our heart, the heart of every man which rises, rises, and for the first time breaks forth. End quote. Today, we often take our own entry into Jerusalem's gates for granted, but Rochman did not, truly understanding in an elemental way the site into which he entered. Jerusalem, a city whose parts are joined for there the tribes of Israel will ascend. The Western Wall is not the Temple Mount. It is not the house of God. It is adjacent to it. 
but Rochman's memories of the past and his appreciation of the miracles of our age give us a sense of what it will mean when we will be able to sing the Psalms of Ascent as we enter the temple itself. May we experience this moment soon. This is Mayor Soloveitchik. Looking forward to learning together next week. Wishing you a Shabbat Shalom. Signing off.